Oh, are you helping the Lord say good? Say something. Amen. We'll get it out. We'll get it figured out here. So, I'm going to ask you to, to we're going to look, in Jude, look at the book of Jude today. Now, the quickest way to get there is to go to Revelation and go backwards. And so, to go to the end of your Bible and then work your way, there's only one book. Jude's just before Revelation. So, just one chapter in the book of Jude. So it's pretty packed, pretty powerful. So we'll title the message from the verse that is we're going to read, Keep Yourself in the Love of God. I think that's, that's got a, good, a good way to look at our world today. What is our responsibility? I may not be able to change circumstances, probably not. Only God. My responsibility, your responsibility is to keep your heart toward the Lord. Keep your heart tender. The enemy would love to get the church stirred up to a place where they become bitter against the world. Bitter against unbelievers, bitter against opposition. The Bible teaches us to have mercy and compassion. Although we see that as is, we see it with the help of the Lord. There are a lot of people that do not yet understand how much God loves their soul. And so it was in the day a Jew lived. He reminds the people, the readers, verse 2, I'm just going to kind of highlight some verses getting into the main part here. Verse 2, May mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was making every effort to write you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you, appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Contend earnestly for the faith. The devil wants to steal the faith from people. The enemy wants to take what God's word declares as truth and twist it. And he reminds now the readers some of the history that took place in the Old Testament. In verse 5, I desire to remind you, though you know all things once for all. Now, how many sometimes need a little reminder from time to time? That the Lord, after saving a people out of the land of Egypt, subsequently destroyed those who did not believe. You don't always like to hear that. 
But what keeps God from blessing a community or a people or a nation is unbelief. Many nations that we know around the world, including America, have turned to other gods in some fashion, in some way. And he warns us to keep the faith. No matter what others' opinions, philosophy, God dealt with, he, he mentions, he mentions the angels who did not keep their own domain. Even the angels abandoned their proper abode. And we know that Satan, when he was fell from heaven, took a third of the angels, went along with him. And he's kept, he has kept in eternal bonds under darkness for the judgment of the great day. This is a He's talking about the day, the great judgment that will come. God has already judged through history, but the great white throne judgment is yet to come. That deals with people who rejected God, and they will be resurrected to only receive their penalty in the lake of fire. He mentions Sodom and Gomorrah. He destroyed the city as an example in undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. These are not easy verses to read. But you know what? We need to get back to God and his holiness. God is who he is. God means what he says. The good news is that he's given us a way to escape judgment. He's given you and I a way, a way out. He's taken our place on the cross. He's taken our sin upon himself. So he gets through the verses, and he gets to some verses that talk about the Old Testament stories of Cain and the rebellion of Korah, and the ground actually opened up in that time and swallowed some quite a few people. I'll tell you what, it set the fear of God into place. Have we lost ground in the church as far as the fear of God is concerned? It's easy to become casual and complacent even. Not that we shouldn't, not, not that we should approach God, God with this I, I it always bugs me when 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 I, I, I hear people talking about the man upstairs, it bugs me. He's not just the man upstairs. 
is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He could snuff us out in a moment, in a second. A healthy fear. I'm talking about a healthy fear. Not a fear that we shouldn't approach him. The fact of the matter is, by his grace, we can approach him in a time of need. Hebrews talks about, let us enter his throne room with, with boldness. And that boldness is, is brought about because of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross and resurrection, and he has made it possible for you and I to be made clean to approach the Father. There's those who he mentions had feasts, love feasts. Without fear, caring for themselves, verse 12. Clouds without water, interesting, interesting. Almost like saying, well, they're, they're, they're all talk and no, no action. Caring for themselves, don't we live in a self-centered world? Carried along by winds, autumn trees without fruit. Just take that in for a, think about that. Autumn trees, by now they ought to have fruit. By now they have, ought to produce something. These are, these are people without God. These are people that are unbelievers. These are people that have chosen, doubly dead. I have an apple tree that's pretty dead next to the one that's struggling. I suppose it's because I never trimmed them back. Maybe. Maybe it's because there's too many other trees choking out the sunlight. That's possible. But it's too late. I don't think there's going to be another tree that's going to come out of that root because it just doesn't happen. Maybe I'll have to replant another one. Or maybe I won't plant one at all. One's enough. Doubly dead. A tree that's doubly dead is ready to fall over on its own. Uprooted. Many trees, when they fall, if the soil is wet, especially, take over roots and all. What a massive mess. What is this all about? Wild waves of the sea. This is the writer Jew. This is the one who felt the necessity to speak these things. Because there was a generation that needed to be pierced in their heart. Just like the book of Acts when Peter stood up and preached as it was. Named it what it, what it really was. Told them that they are the ones who crucified. And boy, that, that ruffled the place. And some people got right with God, but others took revenge and began to want to destroy him. Wild waves of the sea, casting up their own shame like foam. He's talking about some 
the rippage pictures. Wandering stars for whom the black darkness has been reserved forever. Unbelievable. Black darkness reserved for unbelief. Only place I can remember that I was in pitch, pitch black darkness was in a cave. In, in uh, our, one of our vacationing places, I believe it was in Missouri. And we went down this cave and it actually opened up pretty big, but then we took another route and we had the tour guide with us and we kind of had to crawl to get through a couple places. And then he got to a place that said, it looked like a shoe on top of the, top of the ceiling. And then he turns the lights out. And we just stood there. You could feel it. Darkness, so dark. You don't like that. But that's eternity without God. Now we're going to get, it's going to get better. Hang on, hang on. He goes on to speak about verse 14 about these also. Enoch, from the seventh generation from Adam. Remember, Enoch was not for God. Right? Elijah was taken up as well in a whirlwind. Don't believe that these are the two guys that are going to be the ones that come back in Revelation, possibly, and be the prophets. We're not, we can't say that for sure. I think that's a bit on the speculation, but that's okay. We have to be willing to admit it's speculation. But about, he had prophesied saying, this is before he went up. He said, behold, the Lord came with many thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all, to convict all the ungodly, of all their ungodly deeds, which they have done in an ungodly way, and of all harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. This is, this is where I believe Jesus referred to as in the days of Noah. So shall it be when the Son of Man cometh. What was happening in the days of Noah? The scripture in the Old Testament says in Genesis, Evil was continuous. It went from bad to worse. We adopted this saying, my son and I, brutal. This word brutal. He would, my son Cody would say, brutal. And I, I added to it. What can top brutality? Brutality at its brutaliest. I don't even know if that's a word. It's not a word. But it's like the ultimate and ultimate. What is the ultimate sin? Well, sin is sin, right? But what is it that keeps God out of people's lives? It's unbelief. And whosoever will believe it on him should not perish. And so our world needs people to live it out, to stand up, 
to defend the faith to, in spite of what others may do to you. They stoned Stephen. He kept himself in the love of God. And this is where we want to focus our message. How do we keep ourselves up in a time of perilous times? It's easy to get distracted and even get discouraged over how the world is going. But guess what? The Bible says the world's going to get worse. But the kingdom of God is going to be advanced. This world is not going to get better. Because without God, things don't get better, they get worse. But that shouldn't cause us to become downcast because Jesus said, when you see these things, what was he saying? Men becoming lovers of pleasure. When you see this stuff happening, begin to look up. Begin to look forward that the day is coming near. Therefore, I have to... I have to sometimes, like the psalmist, why is my soul in downcast? I kind of somewhat wonder what Jeremiah just started reading his letter today. And Jeremiah wanted to resign the office several times. He wanted to get, you know, God, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm preaching. I preach to these people. I prophesy, and, and people just scorn me. Maybe the day's coming. You see, our young people are struggling in the colleges. I'm talking about... It's a struggle enough even in a Christian college. I think there's a degree of people that are really seeking God, but there's sometimes there's some people that are there for the wrong reason. I'm not putting down colleges. I think the world itself has embraced, has begun to embrace everything under the sun. Every, every other God, every other thing that, uh, that a belief, whatever you think, that's okay. And God doesn't operate that way. You're glad that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And you know it. And you found him. And he found you. And he picked you up out of the brokenness. And he kept you alive when you were almost, could have been dead. Some of you guys were in Vietnam. And he had a purpose for your life. He brought you through afflictions. Jeremiah was a man who was called by God while he was yet in his mother's womb. Keep yourself in the love of God. Verse 16 challenges me. Grumblers comes up. Grumblers. These are ungodly men. These are grumblers finding fault, isn't it? The enemy that tells people that the church is hypocritical. He keeps people from the church because he gets all kinds of excuses going in their minds to grumble against the church. 
the church is not perfect, by all means. But if we keep ourselves in the love of God, we may not have all the answers, we are not perfect, but we know the one who is. And we can find it in the, by the grace of God, by the heart of God. We can love many people who are not like us. Who may not think you think the way you think. Oh boy. Does God deal with grumblers? God dealt with a few grumblers on the way to eat, on the way out of Egypt. Remember? Not too far out, Moses was ready to. He was, they were ready to stone him because it was, they ran out of water. Moses, you brought us out here. Isn't there enough graves in Egypt? Did you have to bring us out here? And God was merciful, broke the rock. Water wasn't very long. People were hungry. Oh, my. I can remember when we had chicken noodles. Right? When we had fresh venison, potatoes, leeks. I think they're like an onion. I could live without onions. They were wanting to go back to Egypt. And I loved it so well when Vern was teaching on the, the Exodus. And he said this line, he said, you know, Israel, how do you say it? He got Israel out of Egypt, but Egypt was still in Israel. And this is the problem, and this is the challenge with the church. We, we come to the Lord, and God is trying to teach us how He's in control, He's your Lord. And for some, not everyone, I'm, I'm not chicken on anyone here, but the devil is always after every one of us to get us lured back, to go back into the world. To go back to Egypt. To go back to the, the old nature. But I've heard news for the devil. And he knows it. Because we're going to resist the devil. We're not going to bow down and give in to this world. By world, I'm talking about the system. The world system is governed and directed by Satan. He has this for a time to be his domain. But the kingdom is here and the kingdom is in you. Jesus is in you. He brought the kingdom into your life. And he wants you to live out kingdom, kingdom values and rules. And what is that all about? Keep yourself in the love of God. Don't fall for the things 
that are counterfeit. There's a counterfeit Satan wants to play on people. Counterfeit miracles. He wants to mock God, duplicate, try to be God. But we have the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit has come to live within you and I. And we lead up to these great words. The mockers will come in the last days, verse 18. They will be saying things that will put down the church, put down the word of God, try to avert people from going the narrow road, trying to say that there are other ways to get into heaven. They are ones who will cause divisions. Worldly-minded, underline that in your heart. Worldly-minded. We are the people that are not to be worldly-minded. We're in this world, but we're not. This is not our home. It actually doesn't feel comfortable in the world. And that's a good thing. This world's passing away. But his, his world his kingdom is here and it's going to come back. And after he comes back, he's going to make new things all different. New, new heavens, new earth, new ways, peace. The people of God are going to be with Jesus. But while we're here, while we're walking in this life, what do we need to keep strong? The verse leading up says this, but you, but you, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in the Holy Spirit. If God has given you the gift of tongue to pray in the tongues, pray in the tongue, pray in the tongue that he gives you. Because I believe that's very important to keeping one's inner man if you don't have that gift, ask God to give it to you. Ask God to give you the power of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if you start to feel like you can utter a word or two and begin to speak something that's not familiar to you, just speak it out. Begin to speak it out. And you just begin to sense the power of the Holy Spirit begin to well up. I used to think the Holy Spirit was poured out on us. Well, that was Old Testament way. That was the way they did it with the priest. They anointed it. They poured the oil over their head and ran down the whole beard and all that. But Jesus said, from your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. So the Holy Spirit comes in and fills and comes out. That makes sense. So some people just need teaching. They just need encouragement. You don't have that gift. It's not an issue of salvation. It's a benefit. It's an encouragement. Now, we can pray with the Holy Spirit praying through us. There's another level. All of a sudden, time gets away. You don't even care about what time. You, uh, 15, 20 minutes can go by and it, it doesn't... 
You get lost in the spirit. Many people don't know what that is. I haven't been there enough myself. But there are times that I can remember that it just didn't matter what was going on. All that mattered was that we were with. God was with us. God was doing a work. How can we get back to that? You and I got to want it. You and I got to know what it's, what at least it's, it's more there than you can imagine. Keep yourself in the love of God. Maybe I'm having trouble loving my neighbor as myself. Uh-oh. What needs to happen? I need to take that to the Lord. Because God says to love your neighbor as yourself. And if I have trouble loving neighbor, then I, I've, I've got to get over it because that's not meant. First John says, how can you say you love God and you, 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 you treat your brother like, like he's, he's, it's not good? I'm just talking. I'm just trying to talk straight. This is where we, and sometimes the, the political arena, we get, we get fired up over it. It's, it's, and I too. But let's not stay there. Pray. Pray. It's going to be a miracle. By the grace of God, to turn people back, to convince their thinking, to change their ways, it may take judgment. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourself in the love of God. You ever had people that hurt you? Were dishonest to you? I know that there's this thing called boundaries. It's a good, it's it's good understanding to have boundaries. It doesn't mean that we have to let people hurt us. There's a, I believe that God gives us a sense about you know, where we need to go and where we ought not to go. and where we, There's some people that we just be maybe be better off to not get involved. I'll just leave it. I mean, there's a whole lot of stresses in our world. Stress factors, stresses, stress, stress. And there's only one way to, re- to really find a way out of that stress, to know that Jesus Christ has become your Savior. And I'm not going to have to work my way to heaven, but because he saved me, now I get to do a lot of things that I would never otherwise want to do. He changes my want to. He changes me to want to love people. He changes me to have compassion on people. Otherwise, I wouldn't have compassion on. He changes my heart to say, uh, let it go, no problem, it's forgiven. It doesn't mean I'll let you bite me twice, but whatever. It's kind of you move on. You move on with life. You keep yourself in the love 
Because really what it comes down to is only one that's going to, in the end, that you're going to stand before, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There's only one whom you're going to give account to. And I want to, I want to help people get ready for that day. I want to help people find the Lord so that they're not standing there alone. They're going to be standing with the King of kings, Jesus Christ, living within them. Yes, they're one of them. They're one of mine. He or she is one of mine. Oh, they accepted me at such and such a place. And we've been walking together since. Keep yourself in the love of God. When this world says you have a right to retaliate, What does God want? Have mercy on some. Have mercy on some who are doubting. Verse, verse 22. Save others. Save others. Snatching them out of the fire. Look, look at the way he phrased it. Snatching them. For some people... They wait to their last breath. But if God gives them the grace, maybe someone has prayed for many years, and in their last breath or their deathbed, they finally look up. They finally say, I need you. They'll still get in. Snatch them. They were on the edge of going into eternity without Jesus. But someone took a hold of their hand and began to ask them, Can you, would you pray? Would you like to pray for Jesus? It makes, make it simple. If you pray for people that are sick, make it simple. You, you want Jesus? And they go, yes. Or they'll say no. If they say no, you just say, well, Jesus wants you. Jesus still loves you. And you try to reason with them. You try to give them another chance, encourage them. Well, some will say, I've done too many things. I've done so much wrong. I, I just can't think how he would save me. And then there's your opportunity. Jesus loves the sinners. He just died for you and me, people like you and I who couldn't save themselves, were doomed to eternity without him. What an opportunity. I have to believe that we're living in day of opportunity. People are wondering, what in the world is going on? This world is going crazy. There's so many uncertainties. There's a lot of changes. People are going to finally start to realize they don't have money enough. What would happen if there's all of a sudden their money is worthless? What will happen to people? Without God, it will be doomsday. But with God, he'll make a way for us. He'll help us. I believe that. Because the word says, verse 24, now to him, 
Now to him, he's concluding, he's wrapping it up, to keep you from stumbling. God wants us to walk forward. He wants us to press on, to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless, with great joy. In other words, judgment day would be the best day of your life. Helping people meet God and come into the kingdom to be blameless to the only God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord be glory, majesty, dominion, authority before all time and now and forever. Keeping yourself in the love of God I'll end with one story from the Bible. How many remember when David became king, reading through scripture? His previous years were a little on the rough side. Prior to becoming king, he was just a shepherd, but God used David to kill giant Goliath, the enemy of the, of the Israelites. Not very long after, God began to bring favor on David's life because David sought the Lord. David loved the Lord. God could see his heart. In fact, David was known as a man after God's own heart, that which ought to be our passion as well, to become a man or a woman after God's heart. What does that mean? That's to have his character. That's to have his likeness. That's to see things from a godly perspective. But old King Saul, as you remember Saul, got jealous. He messed up, took things into his own hands. God said, you're not going to be king anymore. It really made Saul angry, and he wanted to kill David. And Saul chased David for many years, around and around through different parts of the country, throughout David hiding in, in, in the, in the Recesses of cave, and then it was one day when Saul was right there, sleeping. And David goes over and cuts a part of the robe. What was different about David? He had compassion. He respected and revered God. I will not touch God's anointing. The man said, why don't you just destroy him? Take him out. No. When it came about, finally David, God dealt with Saul. And David went on to become king. And he fought many battles. Won a lot of battles. But there was one particular battle which was in Ziglag. I'm not exactly where about somewhere in Israel, Ziglag, the enemy came and raided, took the wives, took the children, and took off. And David's men were furious. And who were they furious at? They were furious at David. David turns himself. The scripture says, David strengthened himself in the Lord. I want to say to you and I, 
That is what it's going to take to live out in these last days. That's what it's going to take to live in hardship, to strengthen. How did he do that? He turned to the Lord. He asked for the priestly garment, an ephod, which was the priest's garment, to approach the throne room. And I believe it was there that he poured out his heart and he cried out to God, save us. And as a result, they got their wives back, they got their children back, and God totally annihilated that enemy. What is it going to take to change our nation? What is it going to take to change our culture? I believe it's going to be deep intercession. Deep intercession. Praying. Sometimes prompted by the Holy Spirit, of course. Praying in the Holy Spirit, but praying with, with brokenness. Being broken over the nation. Every revival that you read in Old Testament, the, the, the intercessor confessed the sins of the nation. Nehemiah. He confessed, he, he talked to God about the way things were going on the earth. God already knows, but he's looking for a man or a woman who will stand in the gap and pray. Could we be that one? No matter what age we are at, there's ne it's never too late to start to learn how to pray in the Spirit. And so I encourage you, keep yourself in the love of God. It'll help you when you're in the places of trial. It'll help you see the perspective of things as they are in this life. Really all it boils down to is there's only really one enemy. And you know who that is, Satan. He's the real enemy. So let's